the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm your host, Chaim Goldman, the Watchman. On Partners in the Gospel, we talk with ministry leaders, pastors, and other local community members, as well as national influencers who are making a kingdom impact. We are here on 100.7 FM, The Word, and also on podcast at thewordfm1007.com. Well, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. We have a great program for you today in our first segment, former Monument City Council person and the current chair of the El Paso County chapter of Moms for Liberty, Darcy Shaning. And in our second segment, we have former NFL offensive lineman and a wonderful minister of the gospel, Leo Goes. Darcy, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, we're, we're happy to have you on here. Darcy is the mother of two children. She is uh, recently a former Monument City Council person. She's the director of publicity for Pikes Peak Firearms and on the board of the Colorado Federation of Republican Women. And now she is the chair of the El Paso County chapter of Moms for Liberty. And that's why we have her on the program today. Moms for Liberty is a nonpartisan national organization that helps parents protect their parental rights and the rights of their children. So, of course, today we're talking with Darcy about protecting your, yes, your parental rights and the rights of your children. So, Darcy, let's get to it right now. What are some of the biggest challenges to parental and children's rights in the Pikes Peak region that parents probably don't even know are going on? Sure. So I'd be glad to talk about some of the things that you as parents may not know are happening in the Pikes Peak region. As we know, a lot of things that our schools and our boards have been doing um, were were done in the darkness until COVID. And so that that's the silver lining of COVID is we kind of know a little bit more. And one of the major things that's going on in the Pikes Peak region right now is we have at least two schools where uh, boys who are who identify as girls are permitted by the uh, administration and by the, the school boards to change clothes in front of the girls. So, that's, so that's going on here. That's just not something here. we're hearing on in the national news. No, it's actually sir. going on locally. Great. It sadly is. We've got a couple families we've been working with that are going through it. A 16-year-old girl in Monument who has to change right next to a boy. Um, and as we know, Biden passed his his order uh, right after he became president to protect the rights of ch- of trans children. But um, I'm calling on the school districts throughout El Paso County to think a little bit more about the rights of other children. Uh, we've got thousands of kids that represent the ma- majority and not just the the super vocal minority here. So we need to be thinking about all children. And I'm challenging all these school districts to come up with a solution to this uh, trans issue with bathrooms. Moms for Liberty is working on active solutions, and we hope that the school districts will join in. Um, but if they are not going to willingly join in, we'll be working on this in other ways because, again, you know, we're here for the kids. And we're talking about no special rights. Like, that's what's going on now. Is in, and, yes, we're all in individual rights. That's what America is about. But when a single individual 
is getting his or her rights uh, uh, overtaking that of thousands or more of others there, we have a problem. Yeah, I mean, I would just put it to, to most parents in this way. How how would you feel if your daughter came home and said, Dad, I have to ch- change next to a boy every day at school? I mean, nobody wants to hear that, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. I would, so. I would hope so. So what's another challenge that we're looking at? So we've got House Bill 1003, which just passed through committee last week, uh, mental health assessments for uh, schools and That's going to fly out of the House and Senate floors in the coming weeks. And so what this bill does is it allows the schools to conduct mental health assessments on your children. Um, The issue with it is that if a child wants to opt into the policy, a parent cannot opt out their child over the age of 12. So once again, we're seeing more of the state trying to assume the role of parents. And it's it's a very slippery slope. What country are we in? (laughs) China. I yeah. don't know. Wow. And and so this is where they would be able to and, and this is not, you know, I would think most parents would want some kind of Christian counseling for their parents who for parents who listen to the station would want that for their children. But here the parents have no say. They won't even know what's right. going on. It's kept private to them. And we're not talking about 18 year olds. We're talking 12, 13, 14 year olds. Yeah, that's that's And we've already got instances of what's going on here. We've got a mom in D49 whose uh, tomboy daughter was told that she needs to go ahead and transition to a male. Um, So, you know, the state can't be trusted with this. Right. So we know where the what agendas are being pushed through this. Okay, And and thirdly, something about the libraries, library books. So we've been going through every library in the district. And I I, by we, I should say, uh, we've got a, a girl with us, Samantha Wild, who just tears through these books and she's finding hundreds of books with um, LGBTQ materials, sadomasochism, um, all kinds of just just sexual materials. And these are in middle school libraries. Mm-hmm. So we've actively started trying to remove those books. Um, we've got the, fortunately, we've got the law on our side. We've challenged the districts to go ahead and remove these books. Um, we're giving them a little bit of time. And then just like everything else, then we move on to plan B. Um, and meanwhile, we're bringing in Moms for Libraries, which Moms for Liberty started nationally. And they've got Christian publishers and pro-America publishers. Imagine that, people who love our country. Mm-hmm. And we're putting more of those books into our schools. So you'll be seeing a lot of those books, uh, Moms for Liberty, placing those throughout El Paso County in the coming weeks. Okay, excellent. So t- tell us more about Moms for Liberty, um, you know, as far as a national organization and uh, and working here on the local level. Sure. So uh, Moms for Liberty was started at the beginning of COVID. Um, a couple moms started it out in Florida to uh, stand up for parental rights. They didn't want their kids masked. They didn't want their kids sitting at home. And then that evolved over the last couple of years to a, a massive organization that is uh, pulling people in from all sides of the political spectrum, lots of of big names. And we're, we're standing up and we're saying we've had enough. We, we're the parents, not the state of Colorado, not the state of wherever you live. We're the parents. So um, we're making a lot of progress. We we've changed a lot of policies in El Paso County already, removed a lot of books already. And and so we're a, a pretty strong organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't want people out there listening. This isn't a book burning no. kind of thing. I mean, if you knew the books. Oh, I could right. show you the books. Come to me. <laughs> that that nobody, no parent would want even even maybe they're 18 or they're 30 year old looking at some of these books. And, and uh, we really need to confront the fact that the state uh, which, of course, they talk about separation of 
church and state all the time. But what that really means is pushing the church uh, out of the picture. So uh, I know this is a nonpartisan. It's not specifically a religious organization. But how do you, you know, personally bring in your faith and and brought you to be uh, the the now the chair of the local chapter? Sure. So that's a little bit of an interesting story. I was actually just kind of handed the chapter uh, back when I was still a councilwoman. And I said to myself, what is Moms for Liberty? What how can I what can I do here? My kids are in a private school. I mean, I don't have to mess with this. Mm-hmm. And um, as the months went by and I learned a little bit more about Moms for Liberty and I, I got some moms on board. Um, I've got a co-chair now, Chrissy Davis, who does a great job. It's it's interesting because it's like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. It's like God said, you know, your city council term is coming to an end. Um, you've got a strong voice. You've got the passion and you've got the time. And this is where I'm going to put you. And so that's what I'm doing. And I, and I fully believe that I'm here for a reason. And um, when, you know, whether it's tomorrow or whether whether it's when I'm 102 years old, <laughs> hopefully I want to pass away knowing that I did every single thing that I did, not just for my kids, but for your kids, for everybody's kids, because without that, what do we have? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So I, I'd like you as you, as you were a, a, an elected leader in, in monument. And, and we certainly have these school board members. We have city council members, mayor, uh, county commissioners, and others who we've invested our vote uh, in them to go out and represent us and to represent our constitutional rights, to look out for us, not to name names, um, but but what are you seeing out there among the school boards? Are they really standing up for us? And, and if not so much, what would you like to say to them to encourage them to do so? I, I would say that um, less than half of the elected board members in El Paso County are doing what we thought that they would do when we elected them. And that's not that's not a harsh criticism. You know, I've sat there, sat up there on the dais. I know how hard it is when there's 50 people with pitchforks screaming (laughs) at you, you know, but it's easy to talk a big game. And then when the rubber hits the road, it's very easy to say, well, if I pass this, if I make separate bathrooms in D38 for children to use so that they don't have to change in front of a boy who identifies as a girl, then the left is going to attack me and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. Listen, we get that. We know that that happens to you and it's scary. But we're here for you. I mean, we're a we're a huge organization. Let us take some of that brunt. We're we're not afraid. We'll do that. So um, when we say we want to challenge these boards to um, uphold parental rights a little more, we're not just we're not we're not asking you to do that out in the dark. We're here for you. We're going to help write policies. We're going to help you with those books. We're going to find the law that's on your side. We're here as an as on, an arm of support for the boards. You're writing a parental bill of rights. Yes, we are run, Tell writing. Us about that. Yes. So as everyone knows, last year, uh, Representative Geithner wrote a parental bill of rights, which was amazing. But with the Democrat controlled legislator, it just it died in like three minutes up there. Um, So local control, you know, if if the state's not going to protect your children, go, let's go to each board. So we're writing a parental bill of rights right now. And we're actually getting um, input from different elected officials and different school districts. And then we are going to challenge all of our school districts to pass that as a as a precursor. Uh, we've gone around and we've gotten a lot of elected officials to sign the Moms for Liberty pledge to uphold parental rights. And we're going to use that to start going into the districts and going to different board members and getting them to say, um, you know, that they'll sign on to the Parental Bill of Rights. OK. And something you told me, I don't know if you mentioned it during the interview, but you told me before the interview, it is possible this House bill that you 
discuss, which what's the number of that again? 1003. 1003 that the school board could opt out the entire school district to not have to comply to this, but once they accept it, yes. then the powers get lost. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's a very good point. So on House Bill 1003, that's another thing that we are actively working on. Um, school districts have to opt in. They don't have to opt out. They have to opt in. But if they opt in, once they do that, children over the age of 12, their parents cannot opt them out. So the way that we're approaching this is let's get the school districts not to opt in. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm sorry we don't have more time. We want to finish up. We want people to know to go to the website moms for for moms org, and uh, on there on the main page, find the El Paso County, Colorado chapter, and that will connect them to you. And then yes. they can reach out, find out how to get involved, how to support you. Yes. So we want we want everybody to get involved. This is about our rights as Americans yes. and, and maybe more importantly, about our children. And so please get involved. Find out more about Moms for Liberty and just get out there and do something, because I think we've all been surprised this morning about what's going on out there. And uh, if we don't get involved, we the people who will. Exactly. So, Darcy, thank you so much for being with us on Partners in the Gospel today. Thank you, Heim, for having me. It was an honor. And coming up after the break on Partners in the Gospel, we have former NFL player Leo Goas. And we're going to be talking about never giving up. I'm Haim Goldman. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Haim Goldman, the Watchman, new host of Partners in the Gospel on The Word, 100.7 FM in Colorado Springs. Would you like to suggest a ministry leader, pastor, or other member of our community who is making a true kingdom impact to be a guest on Partners in the Gospel program? Maybe even suggest yourself. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Please call me, Haim Goldman, at Salem Media Group at 719-388-0386. That's 719-388-0386. Welcome back to Partners in the Gospel. I'm Haim Goldman, the Watchman. And I'm joined now by another good friend of mine and a dear brother, Leo Goes. Leo, welcome to Partners in the Gospel. I'm so glad to be here. Well, well, we're excited to have you here, Leo. And Leo Leo has an exciting story. If you're out there and you're feeling discouraged, you're having to start over again. Well, Leo knows what that's like. And and so listen in to this story is Leo uh, was an all-conference offensive lineman for the University of Hawaii, a third-round draft pick by the San Diego Chargers in 1990. He played three seasons there, traded to the L.A. Rams for two seasons and moved with the team to St. Louis to be the St. Louis Rams for two more seasons, became a free agent and joined the Baltimore Ravens in 1997. And then what got him out here to Colorado signed with the Denver Broncos in 1998. But for the rest of the story, we're going to have Leo tell it. But what we're talking about today, folks, is about never giving up. So, Leo, obviously you have a long sports background, and that actually led you coming to faith in the first place, but it also tested your faith big time. So tell us about this. Give us your some more about your sporting career and your testimony. I would be glad to, Heim. So I, I come from a, a a large family back in Hawaii, a sports-minded family, five brothers, all uh, four brothers, excuse me, that played football and other sports when they were younger. Uh, decided to, I was fortunate enough, I should say, to get uh, scholarships to different colleges, but chose to stay home, played at the University of Hawaii. And uh, due to a good junior and senior year, got a lot of attention from the NFL, allowed me to get drafted uh, in the third round by the by the Chargers. And but really the most important thing happened right after that senior year is I, I completely surrendered my career, my marriage at the time, 
to my now wife of 35 years uh, to the Lord. It was a very dramatic uh, conversion. And and then there I was. I got drafted and I was I was in San Diego. Um, and really, this this testing came early on the very first day of training camp uh, with the Chargers. Here I am. They named me a week prior as a starter at left tackle. And the very first, uh, actually, live drill with the defense. I ended up rupturing rupturing a, a, tendon, a tendon in my foot on the first day of training very camp. first day. And so, literally, the thoughts going through my head as they escor- escorted me from the field to the to the training room that afternoon was anger, was frustration. It's over, right? And, it's like it's over. And yeah. literally, that's what the doctors were yeah. telling me after practice, that this could be career-ending. God miraculously, though, uh, uh, healed my foot 24 hours later through a time of prayer with my wife. And um, So you went from career-ending injury to verifiable healed in 24 hours and back out there. Yes, yes. And, <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, and was able to play my entire senior um, Rookie season for the for the Chargers, but that that was a that was a monumental uh, thing that I'll never forget. That God, God allowed yeah. me to walk through is here. I literally I'm, I'm talking to the media going into practice, and an hour later I'm by myself with a with a career that wow. seems to be ended. Wow! And so yeah, I had I had a, a strong wife that was there to support me and 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 helped me through that. And there were other injuries that I've had throughout my career that, that weren't easy, but that was definitely a, uh, one of those bedrock type of experiences that I, that I went through. Um, it had a very good, uh, good career in the middle part with the Rams started, was a full-time starter for all those years in LA, then in St. Louis. And then, uh, and even with the uh, Ravens, although I sustained a, a pretty significant, ruptured pec muscle with the with the Ravens, which caused me to um, go on injured reserve. Uh, and then due to some postseason uh, uh, conflict with the team, I ended up asking for a release out of a three-year contract so I could sign here in Denver. My, my, we had already determined, my wife and I, that we wanted to live here. We had bought property here in, a few years prior. And so I signed with the Broncos uh, only to uh, go through their training and uh, – uh, training camp to get released at the very end of it, which was a, which is a really tough time. That was a tough right, because you had you know went from you know you're you're an NFL player, right? Money, fame, you know, uh, all the things that that come with that, uh, and then suddenly that career is over. Yeah, it's, it's over. over, and that's what I've did for twenty five, but for twenty straight years, every year I was, I was on some football team plane from Pee Wee all the way from yeah. Pop Warner <laughs> all the way, high school, college, eight years in the in the NFL, and now it comes to a stop. So most guys in the that go through that, it's a huge uh, adjustment, and mm-hmm. so now was time to figure out what what was the next the next chapter for okay. me. Okay, so you know, like many of us, and you know anybody who's lived any. Any bit of life uh, that's worth living has gone through transition. And and when that happens, you know, there's always that disappointment. And then you got to pick yourself up and you say, okay, what's next? And so that probably went through your mind a lot, right? You're on the football field. You're getting hit. I mean, at any moment, you know, and you knew the disappointment there on that first day of, of training camp. So what would you like to say to our listeners who are going through that, maybe going through that right now, something the carpet's been pulled out from under them? You know, how do you handle these things? 
How do you get through it and get to those greener pastures and stiller waters? Um, I would say that's definitely a time to um, turn to God and to ask for his guidance. Uh, That's something that I had to do. Um, And second to that would be to identify things that you're passionate about and to perhaps kind of hone in um, your your, uh, ability to do something that you love to do. (laughs) And so for me, it was, it was my next transition from playing football was actually representing players in the NFL. So I, I worked with the firm that represented me out of Chicago, did that uh, more as a mentor for their draft picks, did that for three years. And then I'm getting licensed myself as an agent and represented players for another 17 years. Wow. Uh, It was a great experience, but, but really the, the key is, when you go through those big monumental shifts, it's it's a time for, I think, spiritual growth. Um, when you're in the midst of it, you probably don't see that. But on the other side of it, when you come through it, you definitely see God's hand. Uh, if you don't give up, to you, you see God's hand all over it, that he allowed you to kind of go through that, that, that period to um, maybe forge things in you that weren't there or to just cause you to grow in your faith toward him. Okay, so you were an agent. You were you were representing players. So what what's that like? What's the transit going from being the guy on the field, all the you know intense mental and physical that you have to put yourself through all the time to stay in top shape? You know, now becoming sort of a, a businessman. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a it was a big shift for me. Um, it's it's uh, you know dealing on the business side of the of the pro sports is a whole different animal. You know, dealing with team team personnel. Uh, to get contracts done, to helping your player understand what's going on with his individual situation. But it's something I, I loved. I loved doing it. I some really great stories that hopefully at some later point I could share. But it was it was a blast. It, it helped me do the most important thing that I loved about the whole thing is being able to mentor guys, mm-hmm. is being there for them as a guy who went through things that they were going through, but speaking um, speaking life into really hard, difficult situations for them. Okay. Now, I would say, but wait, there's more, because that wasn't the end of it. After a time of, of doing that, things shifted up, and you had to transition your career once again. So yeah. what, tell us about that. Yeah, so it was mainly out of a, a concern that I had that I saw the NFL business uh, in signing players was going in basically the upfront money that you that players were getting from other agents which was kind of raising the bar or entry level to get players to sign with you you had to put all this upfront money which was getting really out of control i was really uncomfortable with that so i ended up talking with my brother uh he was looking for a partner in his uh, investment firm in hawaii and um so i joined him in 2010 while i still was representing players that the ones that i already had and just kind of letting them uh, retire. Or I had eight players at that time, and then I had one individual guy that played for so long that I, I ended up doing it all the way to 2018. But it really helped me kind of grow in the investment world that I'm in now because um, that one that one player that played a long time was was paying me a paying me a pretty good fee. <laughs> so yeah, so now I'm I'm. Uh, Totally 100% in the investment world, uh, working with clients. Well, not 100. You do a good amount of ministry, too. Yes, <laughs> yes. But as far as uh, professionally. Uh, uh, professionally do that uh, with my brother, 
uh, in Hawaii. I go back and forth uh, from Colorado and, and Hawaii, but ministry wise, yeah, I'm really plugged in at our church at, at the road at Chapel Hills and just, you know, being there, I'm an elder there at the church, but really involved with the men's group, uh, our men's breakfast, which you're a part of. Yeah. And um, just uh, being there for men uh, to, to encourage them and to, uh, to help them grow yeah. in their faith. Well, thank you, Leo. You've been a great encouragement to me and a great friend and going through things. And if you're, if you're going through it, you know, keep on going, never give up. You know, the father has plans for you. He knows for that give you a future and a hope. And we hope that you get that from this story. If you want to know more about Leo, you can reach out to him. Uh, his, his website for his company is Goaz, which is G O E A S G O E A S group. Goazgroup.com or come by the road. He's a big guy. You can tell. He's an offensive lineman, everybody. Okay. You can pick Leo out of the group. And uh, thank you, Leo. Thank you for coming on and giving such an encouraging word here today. Love to hear your testimony. My pleasure. I'm my pleasure. Well, I'm Haim Goldman, the watchman, and you've been listening to Partners in the Gospel on 100.7 FM, The Word. Catch all of our episode on podcast on our website, thewordfm1007.com. So now you know what I'm going to say. Get out there yourself and make a big kingdom impact for such a time as this. Shalom. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.